this is the playground where the players play. And I'm honored to have as a guest of mine, a uh, friend of mine, very good friend of mine, ladies and gentlemen, Michael McGlory. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, y'all. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Uh, first question, as far as like, your, your introduction into music, like way back in the day, what was the inspiration for that? What, what, how did you get into the guitar? It really started with my sisters. I have four sisters. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. I have three older sisters and a twin. Oh, okay. I have a twin, so. Mm -hmm. Twin sister. My, yes. Okay. So basically, my sisters kind of ruled the soundtrack of our house. Okay. Uh -huh. You know, from uh, doo-wop and, and jazz and Latin jazz, Cal Jader and oh, wow. uh, all of that. And, um, now, each one of them had like their own taste as, as far as music? Somewhat, but... I mean, because Cal Jader, man, that's like reaching. Like reaching. I mean, wow. wow. That's way... Well, I have a... My older sister is 11 years older than me. Then my next okay. sister is nine. And my next sister is six. And then it was like my sister and I. So mm -hmm. um, their influence, musical influences kind of permeated through the house. And then my father was a blues guy. And right. you know, my mom liked um, a lot of classical and some gospel and but basically, they were like three teenagers uh -huh. at, eventually at one point. And I was influenced by all the, like I said, all the jazz, all the doo-wop, all the Motown, all, you know, and they, they, they liked the Beatles, they liked, you know, Tom Jones, they liked anything, wow. you know. It was, ran, ran the gamut. And I mm -hmm. was a little seven, eight, year old kids and, okay. and later I found out when I started doing my genealogy that I have musicians that go back I mean there's tons of musicians in my family wow okay okay <clears throat> so that led me to start buying like I said I was buying my own music early on Mm -hmm. You know, and buying buying albums as a little kid. So then mm -hmm. I got into the liner notes, and I got out, got into <laughs> who were the writers and who were the producers, and um. And those I liner notes into, made careers. That's what I always say. It's like that was oh that yeah was, that was almost his record itself. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And once I got into um what we used to call junior high school is called middle school now. <laughs> middle, middle school, right, whatever that is. Um, <clears throat> I started playing guitar at 13. Okay, okay. Now, that's a story because my twin was into the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. She was into the Beatles. She had the card. She had, you know, the magazine. She had this, she had that. So when... A Hard Day's Night came out. Oh. Oh. Now, I'm a diehard Beatles fan. Are we all? But, oh, know. but me being her twin, uh -huh. she couldn't go unless I took, unless I went with her. <laughs> right. She couldn't go anywhere unless I went with her. We would, I mean, went in high school, 
if she wanted to go to a party, I had to go with her. <laughs> so, so what I would do is I'd take her to the party and then I'd ditch her at that party and go to another party. But that's another story. <laughs> okay. I'll be right back. Right. <laughs> okay. And I'll be for a cell phone. Where have you been all night? Right, 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 right. Before cell phones. <laughs> so she had to, I had to go with her. And I was mm -hmm. really kind of bummed out about it. I don't want to go see. So we went. We're in the theater. Mm -hmm. Movie starts. Soon as they start playing, there's all these screaming girls. You can't even, you can barely hear the movie. It was right, made, right. the movie was just a background music to the screaming mm -hmm. girls. Mm -hmm. Now you you talk about the movie A Hard Day's Night. Yes. Oh, okay. We okay. went the first day it came out, mm -hmm. and I looked and I said, "Well, oh, okay." <laughs> Okay. I need to start playing guitar. <laughs> right, right. So I bugged my dad, and I bugged my dad, and I bugged my dad. And his famous first line is, okay, next Saturday. Uh, oh, he, next, he next Saturday me for months. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so I finally got him to go to Montgomery Wards and buy oh, a guitar. Wow. And... I still have the guitar somewhere in you the do. You still catacombs, have yeah. Wow. I had taken it apart and painted it and all sorts of stuff, but <laughs> I still have it. Matter of um, fact, there's, there's on my Facebook page, there's a um, picture of me playing that airline, that black and white airline guitar. You just posted that recently? No, now that one is... Oh, okay, this is another one. With my... 335 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In, my, in my in my high school black jacket the red guitar okay right right so that got me interested in playing guitar but uh -huh. i was still collecting music and i was i got really interested in the producers like i said the producers the songwriters and i started writing songs i I guess I started about 15 or 16, started writing songs. You talked about uh, A Hard Day's Night, and of mm -hmm. course there's a song. At what point did you learn that first chord? Do you oh. remember? Because you did, I'm sure you learned it. I don't remember that, but... Uh, oh, yeah? Was, how's it go? No, 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 A, a, a Hard Day's Night. No, 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 I know, but oh, okay. that lit. Mm -hmm. Almost got me thrown out of the house. <laughs> Dagger, you still make him stop. He's playing that thing over and over and over. What was that day tripper, right? Yes. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> That's fun. Can you please make him stop? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. So now so, you're you're you know you're you're playing guitar. You know you're being called in your local area, you know, to play, you know, I need you to play with my band and this and that and the other. And you get with your, get band, with your band and everything. When did when you, did you like get into more into songwriting? And I think that's where you're going before. Oh, that had to start. And let, and let me just, before we go there, mm -hmm. I, 
I went to a guitar teacher for about six months and I got tired of playing Oh Down in the Valley. The valley so <laughs> I want to learn the songs that are on the radio. I don't right. want to learn that. Uh-huh. 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 So who did you listen to? Who were like the, the players that you listened to? I'm oh. sure there were a lot of them, but like your your major influences, the ones who were like the ones who the were ones like, who okay, like, okay, I want to play this. You know, I want to play, this, play guitar. this guitar. And this artist is going to teach me how to play. No, not so much artists, mm -hmm. but once I got into um, learning who the session guys were on ah. the, playing on the records, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that started me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a big David T. Walker fan. Yeah, yeah. Played on all of those hit records <laughs> and and even uh, Tommy Tedesco from the Rick and Crew. Yes, yes. yep. Who yep. Played mm -hmm. on all of that. Um, those early pop hits, mm -hmm. and I finally had gotten to meet him, and he was really, he's really, he was a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. I had met him at a Nam show, mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. Funny, funny, funny guy. He says, he says, he'd do a session, and he'd say, "Oh, you want to, you want to, you want to sound that's something like this." And then he said, "Oh, well, you want a Hawaiian, Hawaiian kind of thing? Oh, you mean like this? Oh, you mean you wanna, you wanna, you wanna this kind of sound?" And he, he was playing the same lick over and over again. I was dying. Right. So. So question is when you when you were coming up and you were playing and all that and like I said you were being hired to different bands or whatever. Oh gosh. Like you literally like suck if you couldn't play this. No matter how good you were, if you couldn't play this lick, you suck. From Fire. Oh. Who is it? Ohio Blair. Fire. Fire. Okay, that's what you said. Okay. All right. <laughs> and um oh that da, 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 that part gotcha yeah. okay and that uh if, let me see right and that was the thing it, it didn't matter how good you were if you couldn't play you this, this mm -mm. Sorry, sorry sorry we, we can't use it and let me just say, mm -hmm. when I was in high school, mm -hmm. I got really into Jimi Hendrix. Uh, right, right. I really well, we got into Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I got really mm -hmm. into Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. And um, beyond that, to be honest, to me, it really kind of studied my growth as a player. <laughs> Because uh -huh. I didn't learn, I didn't learn the traditional way. Mm -hmm. So you never see me playing a lot of bar chords and this and that. I learned by listening to the radio that guys were playing parts. Mm -hmm. They were playing licks, they were playing field, you know. They, mm -hmm. And once I started doing sessions, I saw there was like three guys, three readers, mm -hmm. and then it'd be two field guys doing fills mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, it was funny because I did I, my, one of my first sessions when I was in LA was Frank Wilson mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who was a big 
producer back in the day. Okay. And there's four guitar players sitting there. I go to Frank and I said, you know, uh, Frank, uh, there's already four guitar players here. What do you want me to do? Right, he says, right. as I lean in close, just do okay. you. Okay. Because okay. see, after they got, after they get everybody's parts, they get in there. Oh, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. And that's how they were making their records. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned parts, you know, where, where you know, the sessions were concerned. Because that's one of the things I tell people as I was coming up, you know, um, you know, you 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 learn a song or whatever, and you kind of see like other players. They're like, "Well, I I listen to it, and this is what's happening." It's like, no, that's not what's happening. You listen to the record, and I would always say it's the part that made the song a hit, you know. <laughs> so you can't just jam your way through it, you know. Because what I used to tell myself is. You have to find your parking place. Ah, nice. I'm using that one, Michael. I'm taking that you one. You got to find your spot. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. And, and, and first and foremost, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about who you're working for. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. who you're working for, and then the song. Mm-hmm. Can you add something that will make the song, mm-hmm. you know, make something interesting. Make, uh, oh, what was that? Oh, um, oh, that was, you know, mm-hmm. I love guys that could, I love the Wawas and the uh, David T's and um, Cornell Dupree's and all those guys, Pop Staples, Curtis mm-hmm. Mayfield, all those guys that made something compelling in a you know when you hear those parts Uh and people get ready that stuff really were compelling parts it made you sit back and listen and say Mm -hmm. oh you know how did he Mm -hmm. do this or how did he do that right right and i guess for for me personally and i mean i mentioned there'll never be in the beginning when i was talking about like your introduction uh where switch was concerned the guitar that you played it wasn't like um you, you just had it best. It wasn't like just a thrown together thing. There was actually a thought process behind that part. And it's really, and I guess the word is tasty. I mean, it's really a taste, tasty part. It's not just like this, you know, hey, let me throw a wah-wah here or let me do that. And and I'll tell you, and I, I've told you this before, as far as like other guitar players trying to emulate that. It's like, I know it when I hear it. And of course, there is no other Michael McGlory, but there are a few people that can do what you did when they try to copy that, you know? So, and that's kudos to you. I mean, you're, you know, Really, but really. that was just a culmination of where I was mm-hmm. at that point in time when I, because, like I said, I played with a lot of bands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and before I came to Motown, I was playing with Lenny Williams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, now is this is this pre Tower Power or like after? After. Okay. 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 It was after when he went out went on solo. Okay. But let's go back a couple steps before you go there, and I'll try to remember that. What what brought you to Motown? I had been doing some, some sessions. I had I played on DJ Rogers' album. And I was playing with DJ oh, Austin, right, and I left right. DJ to play with Lenny. That made oh. him mad. So I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I played with Lenny. Then I uh-huh. played with Lenny 
and Ronnie Ransifer was in the band. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ronnie Ransifer was the keyboard player with the Jackson Five. Ronnie's from Gary. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So we played together with Lenny for a while, and then the Jackson Five left Motown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jermaine stayed. And he says, um, Michael, I talked to Jermaine, and he's going to put a band together and go on the road. So Ronnie, myself, and David Garibaldi. Wow. <laughs> the original Tower Power. Yes, yes. Went to L.A. to go play with Jermaine. But before we went to L.A. to play with Jermaine, I get a call from Dave, and he says, hey, you want to go play with Sly? And I said, okay, hold on the phone. Let me see. <laughs> of course I want to go play right, with Sly. Right, right. <laughs> so at that time, I mean, even, you know, he might have been off people's radar at, at that point. Mm-hmm. He was like the foundation of every funk thing that was going exactly. in Oakland and yes. anywhere else. Yes. yes. He was a DJ on the radio when I was a little kid. Right, right. right. You know, and when Sly and the Family Stone came out, it was like, Mm -hmm. I wore those records out. Mm -hmm. Same here. The foundation of a lot of what I'm even playing today comes from those, Mm -hmm. that music and that, you know, that point in time and Mm -hmm. that kind Mm -hmm. of feel. Sly was everything. And, And everybody knows I'm a diehard Sly fan. So that's awesome. And I, and, and I, you know, and I love, and I love my guys from Minneapolis. I love them all. I know mm-hmm. a lot of them. I know them. Matter of fact, they knew me before I even met. Oh, oh you're that guy that was playing on this. You played mm-hmm. on DJ Rogers. You did. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking about how, and I've met Prince and I love him to death. I love this artistry. I love everything about it, but he didn't start that fun thing. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all know where that came from. It, that's the he hired so many Oakland musicians over the years. Mm-hmm. Sheila E and his brother and uh, Rosie Gaines and um, what's that guitar player? I can't think of his name right now. But just but just lots trying to you and Larry Graham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know he tried. No, that didn't come mm-hmm. from Chris. That was Sly. Mm-hmm. That was Sly and Larry Graham and Freddie Stone and Rose Stone and Cynthia right. and Jerry and right. you know right. that's mm-hmm. where that came from. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's like there there are some things you can that I hear in your playing, especially where it comes to like the the, the rhythmic parts that I can totally hear like a Sly Sly influence, like a Freddie Stone influence or whatever. Um, for one of our songs, and maybe I'm off base here, or maybe I'm wrong here, but for one of our songs, "Best Beat in Town," I kind of hear that, and that's one. That's one of those songs where, no, he th- this note is also in that chord, and like I said, very few guitar players nail that, like like you did. Because Freddie Stone plays this suspended chord. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people play it, but he played it like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that leads to uh-huh. and that leads to uh-huh. Uh-huh. and see there's a little trick to it. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And then the chord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I never heard anybody play that right, ever. I know, I know. And, and it's those little things that you add to that, and I don't think people hear that. And you can roll it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. No, mm-hmm. no I'm not going to let you guys see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, my people are going to get a treat here. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can do it. So, uh, 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 it goes, it goes like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can roll it. Because mm-hmm. I can roll it too. You know? Mm-hmm. And those muted. It's almost like a triplet uh-huh uh-huh uh i always thought i mean back in your playing back in those days man that you're playing was interesting it's like it's just it was always interesting to me like how'd you come up with that (laughs) and they worked they worked like nobody's hey i have a quick question for you Do you want a professional agency to handle all your video creation, syndication and monetization needs? We totally understand that new leads and customers are the lifeblood for any business. And if you're looking to grow or scale your business using video is definitely the best way to go. Here at Melrose 11, we specialize in getting you the results you need to help you grow your business by generating new leads, driving more traffic and closing more sales without breaking your bank. Did you know according to HubSpot having a well-targeted video on your landing page can increase conversions by up to 80%? Yeah, and up to 64% of users are more likely to buy a product online after watching video than by text alone. And that 92% of mobile users share videos with others. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and that—that's mm-hmm. all sly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Until you missed that, I didn't think about it, but now I can totally hear it. You know, and best beat, like I said, that the song that we're talking about is Switch's best beat in town, where those licks are, and they're 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 just awesome. So let's move on to your songwriting, um, songwriting and production. Um, you michael's got quite the list of people that he's worked with and that he's written songs for as a matter of fact can you name can you name will will you name a few first is jermaine jackson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. jermaine jackson Cheryl Lynn, carl carlton yeah mm-hmm. um, and that carl carlton song by the way is um 
I didn't write that. But the uh-huh. one you know is that one. Uh-huh. 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 And that, uh-huh. when you hear that, uh-huh. and when you hear that intro, that's yours truly. Matter of fact, Patty Austin <laughs> did Let It Ride. Remember Let It Ride? Mm-hmm. And that's a, this. It, w- it starts with another sly lick. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. got to ask you just just for me had you ever met freddie stone you have oh man freddie stone of sly and the family stone how was that um <laughs> it's like it's like i don't it's not like meeting uh it's like meeting willie mays or uh, like Dan <laughs> Musial or mickey uh, mantle or you uh-huh. know that's awesome he was my willie mays yeah i hear you i hear you you know so- so we were just we were gonna go into like your songwriting and your production credits and all that. Um, how did how did that work for you? How did that come about? Um, you know, what kind of led you in that direction? Because you're quite the accomplished writer and, and producer as well. I was always fascinated with the written word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice answer. And I was always fascinated with the producers, mm-hmm. the arrangers, mm-hmm. the um, and Tommy saying, Bell, mm-hmm. oh. Tommy Bell in Philly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it was all that dissecting and how did he do this and why didn't he use saxophones? And I later mm-hmm. found out he didn't use saxophones because they had a hard time staying in tune. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, Willie Mitchell, you know, and all those guys, those Memphis guys that played on all those Memphis Dax records. And I finally, in, I guess it was about 73, was it 73 or 74, a friend of mine knew Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. and uh, Marvin was working on his Let's Get It On album and we went down there to hang out with Marvin for about three, I don't know it wasn't a month, maybe three weeks right. when he was doing Let's Get It On mm-hmm. and every night we were going in the studio with it mm-hmm. and I was fly on the wall not really because I, I was watching everything I was looking at everything. <laughs> I was watching, and I was looking, and I say, and he say, um, "You want to know how we do this? You know what?" And then one night we were in the studio, and um, at the end we were, because he he was one of those guys, and I first got a glimpse into how the process worked. Right. Okay. And he would he was he wouldn't start recording till like midnight, and he stayed it all night. Wow. Okay. Six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we were leaving the studio one night and he said in his uh, unmistakable voice, 
well, son, <laughs> did you learn anything tonight? Really? And I said, yes, daddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got first, first hand uh -huh. how he, how he uh, overdubbed, sang with himself, uh, placed his vocal placed his vocals, background vocals, all of that all of that stuff comes all the way back to him in his life. And that's pretty cool that, that even back then that somebody would take you under their wing and care enough to ask you like what you learned, you know, and, and, and not feel threatened by Yeah, because even I had a band. I had a mm -hmm. band in Oakland and I told Marvin about the band and he says, well, you guys want to go in the studio? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, of course. So he got me some studio time at the record plant in Sausalito. Wow. Mm -hmm. And um, so we booked the time and, you know, I told all the guys at rehearsal, you know, and songs we were going to do. And we went all, you know, we went to Sausalito and got there early and you know we were setting up stuff and this uh, session was supposed to start like at 7 okay it's 7 o'clock mm -hmm. there's three guys there mm -hmm. 7.30 <laughs> this is a 10 piece band mm -hmm. 7.30 there's four guys there 8 o'clock there's four people here well <laughs> I don't think everybody's going to show up tonight. So then when we go to rehearsal, and they said, rest of the guys said, oh, we went to go see Graham Central Station. <laughs> Two of the guys. Then the other one said, well, when you told us, we didn't believe you. Wow. So wow. now I got to go back to Marvin and tell him, oh, man, I'm on the hook for this studio. He said, Michael, don't worry about it. Wow, that's, that's cool. cool. That's cool. <laughs> and some and of those people, people would believe that. And, and some of those people are still on the naughty list today. <laughs> They're on the persona non grata list. God, I'm sorry, but uh -huh. they, they're, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so these, so what, what these days? What are you up to, or what's what's the future look like for you as far as like the business? What are you, what are you planning? I've got um, I've got a couple of acts and I'm doing some consulting. Sweet, okay. Mm -hmm. um, mostly song analysis, you know, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. try to get them to, you know, make compelling statements. Mm -hmm. Um. That and the mixing and and uh, just overall, just being another ear and gotcha. you gotcha. know, gotcha. just kind of giving back. I hear you. Are you into the? Are you going to be into the creative part? Are you still writing, uh, or is it going to be mostly in the production? Well, it's it's funny when when you start like the pre-production stage. Mm -hmm. you almost by default get into the writing right True. and you know it's like this your your chorus takes too long for you to get to the chorus or mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You've got a double chorus when you should be going into your second verse instead of, you know, that kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, it's kind of interesting that now that you're there, and I'm going to go back to "There'll Never Be," and that'll that'll be the last I'm going to talk about it. And I, I just recently wrote about this, how, and I'm sure you remember when we recorded "There'll Never Be," what ended up being the final product was not the way that we recorded it. You know, right, right in line with what you're saying. You know, you want to put this here, put this there, put that there, and we recorded. You remember it was verse, verse. Uh, I think solo verse and then out. Then we just jammed on that, you know. They'll never be. We just jammed on that, you know. So to to your point, as far as like how songs are written, I think that's a you know good example, you know. Right, and so. and now that you mention it, that's the first song that I have two solos in. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the first and only. That's it. it. <laughs> that's it. And and the song and the song is a hit. <laughs> I had the intro and I have a solo in the middle. And a solo, right? God is good, isn't he? He really. And, and the song is a hit. So, 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 what advice would you offer? Not only guitarists, or maybe yeah, yeah, not only guitarists, but but musicians or people that are coming up in the business in general. Don't do any of the things that I do. <laughs> no, let, to, to be serious, learn everything, forget everything, and then just play. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is don't let convention paint you in a box. Great advice. Great advice. Learn enough. So you know how to break the rules mm-hmm. to make yourself stand out from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and do it with some passion and be compelled and try to make some compelling music. Because awesome. we you know, we had we had this conversation about uh this guy that we're both kind of obsessed with right now. Mm-hmm. Right, JC, uh-huh. uh-huh. and in a way, because the guy's very, you you can tell that the guy's a very well trained uh, mm-hmm. musician, mm-hmm. but I still hear myself in the way he cre- his creative process was a lot like how I did back in the day. Oh, okay. When I started writing my own songs, it was just a CR seven, a rolling CR seventy eight, and mm-hmm. my guitar and the, you know, drum or a drum machine, and and he, he kind of has that same kind of mentality because if you if you listen to Jermaine's first album, Feel the Fire, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and oh, if yeah. you listen to that Feel the Fire track. Thank you. 
soon Michael <laughs> yeah it's like uh, this one ah yes you know Patty Austin mm -hmm. mm. no I did not thinking back then Jermaine funky like this like whoa <laughs> you know like you know I mean it took me years to like really get that you know Jermaine is actually like a very good bass player you know very good I mean that's like a very little known fact he's like really funky when it comes down to it you know because he was always credit of course the Jacksons and the singing and all that stuff but a very good bass player you know so well listen Michael thank you Thank you very much for doing this. Really appreciate it. And thank you for being one of our players on the playground. You were awesome. <laughs> thank you for being on the playground where the players come to play and you're definitely one of those players. Thank you. Thank you. 